Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hey, Goal Achievers, members of the Miracle Morning community, this is Hal Elrod. And if you've been a longtime listener to the podcast, you may or may not have noticed that we don't have sponsors. If you listen to other podcasts, you know that almost every podcast has sponsors. It's, you know, this show is brought to you by yada, 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 right? It's some, usually there's, you know, two, three, four, five sponsors for every episode, which is fine. I've never had that. And the reason is when I created the podcast in 2012, My intention was I wanted to figure out how can I create something that I can add value for my community, for my email subscribers, my audience, for you every week. Writing is a pain in the butt. Like writing books is really challenging. So I thought I don't want to write every week. I don't want to, you know, do a blog. I thought I like to talk. I could talk. I'll do a podcast. So we did the podcast and I never wanted a sponsor because I thought I really want our listeners to know this is for them. This is my way to contribute and I'm not using it as an income source. Well, a few weeks ago, my good friend, Brianna Greenspan, if you don't know Brianna, she's co-creator of the Miracle Morning Art of Affirmations. Brie and I have been friends for 12 years, one of the first coaching client when I created the Miracle Morning, like the first person I told about it, uh, or second, one of the first. And Brianna, we were talking recently, she goes, why don't you have any sponsors? She said, I'm so diligent about all the products that I use. I do a lot of due diligence. I'm very careful. You could say anal about like the ingredients and everything else. She said, why don't you just have sponsors and recommend only products or services that you really believe in so that it is in alignment with your value of contributing to their life. And I was like, ah, okay, let me you know, think about it. So a few weeks went by, we talked a couple more times about it. And then I went, oh, well, all right, I'll do it. I'm gonna, I'll test it out. I'll see how you feel, how I feel. And so I really asked, okay, what's the first company or service that I would bring on as my first sponsor? And you know, I figured this has to be a company you know, that I've vetted out. It's a product, I know the ingredients. And Organifi is what came up for me. And Organifi is owned by Drew Canoli. I've known Drew for... I think we did a video like seven years ago is when we first met uh, in San Diego. We did a video for his YouTube channel and that's when we met. We've been friends ever since. And if you follow Drew online, he's one of the most just authentic, spiritual, beautiful human beings. I, you know, I, I follow his Instagram channel to this day. Like he's a friend, but he's also a mentor. I learn a lot from him. And uh, anyway, he, he has Organifi. And so I've been using their products for, I don't know, three, four years now. And I use most of their, probably over half of their products. I use their green juice and their red juice. And I use their protein powder. I use this thing called Pure that helps your cognitive ability, all these different products. So, and then a few years ago, we brought our mastermind, John Berghoff and I brought our mastermind to tour the facilities, to tour the company, talk about their company culture, all of the things. And I I don't think I have any company that I've gone more in depth behind the scenes to understand not just the products and the ingredients, but like the inner workings, the company culture, the values, you name it. And that's what we're gonna talk about today in the podcast is values, but you name it. And so that came up for me, I went Organifi. I love Organifi. I've sold their product unofficially to like my friends, family, like you have to use this product. They're phenomenal. So anyway, long story short, I'm not gonna do a big sales pitch or anything, but check out their website and just see if there's a good product that's a good fit for you. Like I said, because I use over half of their products, so I could recommend a bunch of different ones. I mentioned a handful of them, but go check out the site. It's Organifi.com forward slash Hal. And by the way, Organifi is spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, not Y, Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Hal, and then use the code Hal at checkout and you get 15% off your entire order. So again, you can try the protein powder, you can try you know whatever floats your boat. I can vouch for the company, the ingredients, and pretty much all of the products. So whatever is a good fit for you. And most importantly, give me feedback. Let me know. I want to know. Like I said, this is a test. I only committed to do this for one month. We're try it out. I want to make sure this is a great fit for our audience. I want to make sure that you feel great about it. And then maybe we'll bring on more sponsors of you know products that I personally 
love, use, and can, with all of my heart, recommend to you as something that would add value to your life. So check out the site, Organifi.com forward slash Hal. Use the code Hal for 15% off of all of your order. And uh, yeah, I love you guys and gals. I'll talk to you next week and enjoy today's episode. Hello, my friends. It is Hal Elrod, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am feeling good about today, and uh, it's a solo episode. It's just me here, nobody else, although my son was here like two minutes ago having me sharpen his pocket knife. Um, Other than that, though, he's gone, so it's just me until I'm interrupted again, but uh, it's just me and you, and I am looking forward to today because this, to me, is a topic. We're going to talk about core values and guiding principles. And, you know, I guess you could say it's two topics, but it's kind of, they're, they're very closely related and complementary of each other, at least in the way that I've come to integrate them into my life. And arguably the decision uh, that I made many years ago, actually, I, I didn't make the decision consciously. I don't think, I think it was unconsciously. It just kind of happened because I had some mentors that uh, imparted some values that I adopted into my life and then helped me translate those values into uh, guiding principles. And in doing so, I had made these decisions of how I was going to interpret the events of my life, how I was going to respond to the events of my life. And in doing so, that decision to establish my core values and my guiding principles essentially made every other decision for me. It made it easier. It made it that when life happened, I had already decided how I was going to respond. I'd already decided who I was going to be in the midst of any challenge or any opportunity. And so that's what I want to share today is how do you identify, how do you identify your core values, and which you may have already done, you know, some of them may be unconsciously, if you, you know, if you grew up, for example, with parents that established values for you, like, hey, don't lie. There's a core value, right? Honesty. Hey, work hard. There's a core value, you know? And I think what a lot of us do, though, is we might have core values kind of in our subconscious that we've learned and that have guided our life without us maybe even knowing it. But I think that we can access a new level of effectiveness when we consciously articulate and clarify our core values and then translate those core values into guiding principles, which I'll explain, you know, how to do that and kind of what the difference between core values and guiding principles are. But when we consciously, actively do that in writing, and then we review those and we establish them and have them so that they're part of our daily life, the reviewing of those, I think that it can not think, I know from experience that it can radically enhance our lives, our effectiveness, lower our stress, increase our ability to act quickly and decisively and effectively. So we're going to dive into that today. I'll tell you what inspired today's podcast or the the topic. I was talking to a relative of mine recently, and uh, she said that she was talking about just all the divisiveness on social media, how it kind of bummed her out, how people were so, you know, aggressive and mean and angry with each other. She was seeing a lot of that. And she said, gosh, you know, social media used to just be, you'd go on there and you'd see, you know, mostly you just see like what your friends and family were up to. And yeah, there's still a lot of that, of course, but she said she's never seen so much like divisiveness and and hate and, and aggression and anger. And, you know, people that, wait, if your beliefs are different than somebody else's, then all of a sudden people, you know, you post something sharing what you believe or what your truth is and you're attacked and you're vilified and people are, they're unfriending you and they're unfollowing you and they're just being mean, right? And uh, she actually, that was her specific example is one of her friends had been just really hateful because she had different political opinions and been really hateful on her social media, on my relative's post, posts plural, right? It would happen over and over and over again. And then finally, the friend of my relative unfriended her and was like, I, I can't follow you anymore if you keep posting what you believe, right? I think it's fine to post what you believe. You know, I just, I think that condemning other people for what they believe, I think that's where we get into some potentially it becomes problematic. And when the hate and, and that sort of thing is brought about. And so here's the point. My relative said that, of course, that bothered her. You know, it always bothered her when this, this friend of hers was hateful, but it really bothered her when she unfriended her and wouldn't even, you know, be open to having differing beliefs and opinions. And 
And so my relative called her friend. I, I think like a week went by after the Facebook defriending, right? Which is always a big deal. <laughs> but my relative called her and she said she was tempted to bring it up and be like, what, you know, what's your deal? Like, why do you, why are you so mean and hateful and, and spiteful? Like, why can't we just coexist with two different opinions or belief systems? Like, why do you have to insult me? And, and then why do you have to unfriend me? But she said she decided that she didn't want to bring it up, that that's not who she wants to be. She wants to be someone that is a force for good and a force for love and a force for compassion and a force for connection. And as she told me this, I got really inspired and I kind of, you know, I waited, I listened to everything else that she had to say. And I just said, hey, I just want to commend you. I think that's arguably the most important decision that we can make. One of the most important decisions for sure is what are our values? How are we going to show up in the world, in our relationships, right? Are we going to mirror, and this is, I'm asking you this right now, right? How are you going to show up? Are you going to mirror the energy that other people put out? Now, if you do, there's two potential downfalls to that. Number one, you experience that energy, right? So if someone's mean and they're hateful and they're divisive, and then you mirror that and you're like, screw you. If you're not gonna treat me like that, you're wrong. I'm right. Like if you mirror their energy, you know, you've also heard it called if you stoop to their level, right? But if you mirror their energy, the first downfall is you experience that energy, that hateful, divisive, negative, right? You experience that energy. And then number two, the second part that's the downfall you project that energy, right? You project it out there into the world. And this doesn't have to be on social media. Social media is just this grand amplifier of you know society right now because it's so easy to post your opinion and then hate other people's opinion, like whatever, or love, of course, I, you know, both. Uh, but I don't think I've ever seen it. And that's what her and I were talking about is I've never seen it you know, so political and politicized and and so divisive right now. And yeah, so I've never quite seen social media that way. I think that when it first started and for many years, it was just like, yeah, let's log on and see what our friends and family are up to. And now it can be hard to do, like you have to actually intentionally unfollow people and, you know, to, to do that without seeing a, a whole news feed full of negativity. So I told her, I said, I think one of the most important decisions that you can make is to decide what are your values? What are your guiding principles? And then to live in alignment with them, no matter what, unwavering. That is who you are, it's what you stand for, it's how you're going to be, and here's the benefit of that, right? So I just told you the downfall, if you don't make that decision, the downfall is you fall prey to other people's negative, detrimental energy, and then you either experience it yourself if you allow it to affect you, and then you project it back out in the world and you create more negativity, right? It's just this vicious cycle. But when you decide, you know what? I value unconditional, I'm just throwing out one in value as an example. I value unconditional love and acceptance, right? Of all people. I value compassion. I value understanding. I value empathy, right? If those are some of your values, then you almost create a force field of positivity where it's like, hey, if someone's hateful, I'm not going to internalize that. If someone's mean, I'm not going to internalize that. Like, I'm not going to take that personal. That's that's them. That's their issue. If someone's hateful. That's their issue. If anything, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sympathize. I'm gonna empathize. I'm gonna feel for them, right? And not from a place of being on a pedestal, right? Not not in a condescending way, like, oh, you poor thing, you're you're so hateful. No, like in a genuine, authentic way. Like, wow, man, that they have so much hate and so much anger inside. Maybe it's stemming from all the fear that they're living with. I feel for them. And then if you go back to what my relative did, she called her friend and instead of mirroring that, what she was tempted to do, right? Those, those feelings welled up inside her like, ah, oh, you know, that, that, why are you so mean? And why, like, why are you that way? She wanted to ask, why did you defriend me on Facebook? Like, why can't we coexist? But instead she decided that she was going to live her values of love and compassion and empathy and understanding and curiosity. And she called her, didn't mention the Facebook thing, didn't mention the posts or the comments or the unfriending. She just asked her how she was doing and how her grandkids were and how her kids were and just asked her about life and just loved on her. So look at what happened, right? Because she has her core values and guiding principles in place and she decided to live in alignment with those, the two benefits. One, because she projected and came from a place of love instead of the opposite, she experienced 
love. That phone call could have turned dark, right? It could have turned into her mirroring that negative, hateful energy of her friend and then her friend, then it would have just been that vicious cycle, right? And I'm sure they both would have experienced a very unpleasant phone call and they probably would have gotten off the phone feeling more hate and more divisiveness. But because the one person, it only takes one person, because one person, my relative, decided she was going to show up with that positive, loving, sympathetic, empathetic, kind energy, they had a beautiful phone call. And she felt great, my relative felt great getting off the phone. And I can't speak for her friend, but I'd imagine her friend felt probably better. You know, and she might have, if she felt negative emotions, it might have been emotions like guilt, like, man, I've been really mean <laughs> to my friend. Like, I've been really hateful. Like, I unfriended her and she's still loving me. She's still reaching out to me. She still cares about me, right? So if anything, there may have been a little bit of like guilt for that person. I don't know, but I would imagine she felt overall pretty good because one person, right? We can't control other people. My relative can only control one person. That's her. I can can only control one person, that's me. And you can only control one person and that's you. And so deciding what are our core values? What do we stand for? What is important to us? What values are we going to live by and treat others according to? And then getting clear on what are the guiding principles that will guide our decisions and our words and our actions. And again, I'm gonna break these down here in a, in a few minutes on what are core values versus guiding principles? How do you differentiate? How do they work together? And how can you identify yours or you know clarify yours, articulate them, or even just get them in writing so you can really look at them and embody them and ask yourself every day, am I living in alignment with these values? Am I living in alignment with the guiding principles that I've decided will enrich my life and allow me to live the life that I want to live, to be the best version of yourself, to be the person that you aspire to be in every interaction. By the way, the other thing I wanted to mention is when you, and this is what I said to my relative, I said, you know, the other cool part about it is you create like this force field of positivity where no matter how other people treat you, when you when you kind of remove yourself from, hey, they're just living out of fear and you don't, you don't internalize that, you don't take it personally and you genuinely care for every person. You care for what they're going through and maybe you even reach out with that and go, hey, how are you doing? You know, how are you doing? I've noticed like I've felt some, some stress from you. Like you don't even need to say that. Every situation is different, every person is different, right? But the point is when you come from this place of living in alignment with your values and your guiding principles, you kind of create a force field around you where nothing needs to get through it. Nothing needs to get through it. Like if someone's mean or hateful, again, that's on them. Not has nothing to do with you. Their opinion, their projections, their anger, their hate, even if they direct it toward you, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. That's a, um, a landmark forum principle. If you ever heard of the landmark forum, my wife and I attended that, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago, I think. And that was one of the guiding you know, principles you could say there is you know, take nothing personally. Anything anyone else says or does has nothing to do with you. It's, it's about them, you know? And I, I shouldn't say nothing to do with you. You might've done something that triggered them and you can be, you know, if, if one of your values is to be considerate of others, then you would want to look at that and consider it, but, but you don't need to internalize it in a way that it, it really is destructive for you. So anyway, let's dive in. So that was the story. When it went, once my relative shared that with me and I go, gosh, I want to record a podcast about that. Like that's the most important decision that you can make is, who are you going to be? What are the values that you are going to live by and the guiding principles, no matter what? No matter what's going on around you, you decide, this is who I am, this is how I show up. So when it comes to, I'm gonna define core values and guiding principles here real quick. So, oh, I don't think I mentioned this. There's at a note, I wanted to mention this. There's a book called The One Thing. You may have heard of it. I've had the author, one of the authors, Jay Papasan, on the show before. Gary Keller is the other co-author, the founder of Keller Williams Realty, two of the most brilliant human beings that I know, by the way, Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And they wrote a book called The One Thing. In that book, if you're familiar, if you haven't read it, by the way, it's one of my must-reads for sure. They had a, what they called a focusing question, the focusing question. And the focusing question is this, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will become easier or unnecessary. I'm gonna say that again. What's the one thing such that by doing it, 
everything else will become easier or unnecessary. And that's today's podcast. Deciding on your core values and your guiding principles, getting real clear on them. And again, they might already be in your subconscious. A lot of them you were probably raised with. You, 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 you gained core values, you gained guiding principles from mentors, from your religion, from beliefs that were imparted into your life and wisdom that you've learned, right? Books you've read. So our core values are often inside us kind of jumbled around, but there's real value. And when you put them on paper and you get really clear, kind of like the 10 commandments, right? Like these are my values that I'm going to live in alignment with. And you can borrow them from other, right? Some of the 10 commandments or all of them might be part of your core values, you know? Anyway, so the focusing question, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will become easier or unnecessary when you decide on your core values? That decision to create your guiding principles and your core values is the one decision that you can make, right? It's the one thing that you can do such that by doing it, everything else will become easier or unnecessary. If you decide on your values in advance, then when you're faced with a challenge or an opportunity or any choice, it's already been made for you, right? I'll give you a couple examples. Some of my core values are, one is faith, or really it's unwavering faith. And I translate that into a guiding principle by saying, I will maintain unwavering faith that I can overcome or accomplish anything in my life, no matter what, there's no other option. That is my guiding principle around the core value of unwavering faith. And so when I was faced with my car accident and the doctor said I would never walk again, I had already established that principle about a year earlier of unwavering faith where I go, oh, I know you're saying I'm never gonna walk again, but I have unwavering faith that I will walk again no matter what, there's no other option. And then at the same time, I have another core value of acceptance or what I call unconditional acceptance. And that is translated into a guiding principle that says I will accept anything and everything in my life that's out of my control, no matter what, right? There's no other option. Again, that is an unwavering guiding principle that it's unconditional acceptance for life exactly as it is. So I had accepted the worst case scenario I might never walk again while I maintain unwavering faith that I could walk again. And both values existed simultaneously. There wasn't much fear because I always replaced that fear with the unwavering faith. And if I got scared of the worst case scenario, I reminded myself, I accept life exactly as it is. I will make the best of it no matter what, right? It doesn't matter. And so those are a couple examples of how when adversity struck, my values, the decisions of how I was going to respond to that adversity were already made. Fast forward 17 or 18 years later, when I was diagnosed with cancer, again, both decisions, both values, unwavering faith and unconditional acceptance already made. So when I was diagnosed with cancer, there was no, oh, I wish I didn't have cancer. I didn't even think that because I had made 20 years ago, I had decided that no matter what happens in my life, I'm not gonna wish it were different. I'm not gonna wish reality were different than it is because that's delusional, that's futile. Reality is as it is, right? You know, that book I've been quoting a lot lately, by Byron Katie, Loving What Is, to paraphrase, Byron Katie says, she's a lover of reality because she finds that when she fights against reality, when she wishes it were different, she loses, but only every single time. When you fight reality, that's a battle that you lose every time and you create that emotional pain for yourself. So when I was diagnosed with cancer, my one of my values of unconditional acceptance and my guiding principle, I will accept all things that are out of my control, no matter what. Well, cancer was out of my control. I had cancer, so I was at peace with it. I had accepted it before it even happened. I call that accepting life before it happens. Once you have this guiding principle of acceptance, right, this core value, you've decided you're gonna accept all things no matter what, if they're out of your control, then no matter what happens, that principle guides you through it. And then I maintained unwavering faith that I was going to beat cancer. Remember, I, I had a guiding principle that said, I have unwavering faith I can overcome anything or accomplish anything that I'm committed to. And so whenever I felt fear, it was quickly, almost immediately, unconsciously, automatically replaced with faith, with unwavering faith. So that's a couple examples of how when you make this decision to identify your values and live in alignment with these values and these guiding principles, well, and again, by the end today, I'm gonna to break down how you can kind of do that as an exercise. But when you do that, the decisions of how you're gonna show up, how you're gonna respond, how you're gonna to react to everything in life, they've already been made. And the longer you live in alignment with your values and your guiding principles, the more often you review them, which 
see daily as the ideal amount of the frequency to review them daily in your affirmations during your miracle morning, the more often you review your core values and your guiding principles, and the longer you live in alignment with them, the more they just become part of who you are and you don't have to even think about them. The decisions are already made for you. So here's a couple quick definitions. I kind of got ahead of myself with some examples. We're gonna pull it back a little bit. So in terms of core values, core values, are personal values that guide you when making important decisions. So I have values around my health, which guide what I'm going to eat. I have values around my morning ritual. I have values around every aspect of my life, values of honesty and integrity. So when I'm faced with the choice to, you know, oh, should I lie right now to get out of this? I've embedded this value of honesty and integrity for so long, and most of you probably have, like this isn't rocket science, right? Um, most of you were probably taught, like, tell the truth, don't lie, you know? Uh, not everybody though, of course, not everybody lives in alignment with that. But that's an example of value where the decision's made ahead of time, right? It's, just, it's made ahead of time. So core values are personal values that guide you in making important decisions. Now, guiding principles, you could almost say that core values and guiding principles, that they're a synonym for one another, but your guiding principles, for me, it determines who are you going to be and how are you going to show up? And here's the simplest way to differentiate between a core value and a guiding principle. This is just one frame, of course, you know, that, that works for me and hopefully will work for you. For me, core values, you can define in a word or two, okay? So here's a handful, I was just thinking it off my head, going alphabetically, like what's a core value that starts with A? How about B, how about C? So here's examples of core values. Authenticity, balance, compassion, contribution, curiosity, discipline, freedom, fun, God, growth, happiness, honesty, integrity, inner peace, leadership, learning, love, loyalty, optimism, religion, responsibility, respect, self-love, service, wealth. I could go on and on, right? These are examples of core values. Now, for me, here's the thing. I'm very affected by language, and I think most of us are, right? The way something is worded is very important. Different language resonates with different people in different ways. That's why some people read a book, and they're like, oh my God, I love this book. It, this author spoke to me. And then other people read the same exact book and they're like, eh, kind of fell flat for me. Like, I just didn't like the voice that it was written in, right? Language is very, very important. And here's the problem with core values for me is authenticity, core value. Well, what exactly does that mean to me? How am I going to live in alignment with authenticity? And the way that I word that in my mind or, you know, in my journal and writing and my affirmations, whatever, right, might not resonate with the way that you would word it. So for me, a core value is that the essence, right, that honesty, great. How do you execute on that value? That is the guiding principle. So a core value is a personal value that guides you in making important decisions and a guiding principle is a guide as to how you will execute that value, how you will live that value. So I'll give you some examples from my own life, right? So I gave you a couple, I'll just, I'll re remind you, faith. Faith is one of my values and not faith in the way that you might think. I'm not talking about, you know, a lot of people refer to their religion as faith. That's not the faith I'm speaking of. A great example of why a guiding principle is very important to expand on a core value. Because if if the core value is faith, that could mean something completely different to you than it means to me, than it means to somebody else, right? So then let's get specific and turn that value into a guiding principle or rather a statement that gives you instruction on how you're going to live that value. So for me, I will maintain unwavering faith that I can overcome or accomplish anything that I am committed to. So that for me is the guiding principle. And it's very specific now of how I'm viewing faith. It's the faith in myself as well as the higher power, right? I don't get specific in that regard. For me, it's just the faith. And for me, my faith, it's a spiritual faith where it's very all-encompassing. I have faith in myself, faith in God, faith in the universe, faith in the people in my life that will support me, right? So faith, there, there's a broad faith, but the overall is I have unwavering faith that I can overcome or accomplish 
anything that I am committed to. And so for me, that when you commit to something, I find that that forces in the universe, people, places, things, energies, that you, you can't predict come to your aid to help you in making that thing that you're trying to overcome or accomplish come to fruition. That's been my experience. And so that's where I draw that faith from. The other one was acceptance. Another example, the core value is acceptance. The guiding principle is I accept all things that are out of my control, no matter what. There's no other option, right? I can I accept all things that are out of my control. And then I've expanded on that to say, I accept life before it happens. Meaning no matter what happens in my life in the future, once it happens and it's now unchangeable, right? Because if it happened, you can't go back in time and change it, whether it was five minutes ago or five years ago, it is as it is. I will accept and be at peace with life exactly as it is, no matter what. And because of that guiding principle that I made 20 years ago, both of those I made 20 years ago, and I've lived them for 20 years, when adversity comes my way, the decision of how I'm going to interpret that adversity, how I'm going to respond is already made. Another one of my values or guiding principles is that every adversity is an opportunity for me to learn, grow, and become better than I've ever been before. Every adversity is an opportunity for me to learn, grow, and become better than I've ever been before. So you'll see, I just saw this scene, I think I mentioned this before, but in the Miracle Morning movie, there's this scene where I'm at my lowest point. I have cancer, I've been on pain management for 10 days. I'm bawling, I am in so much pain. They've been trying to manage my pain for 10 days. Like it was it was the most painful, physically painful time in my life and it just went on for 10 days, it didn't get better. And they gave me more like nothing. They tried every painkiller, nothing worked. They just had to keep the pain as bearable as possible for me and it was you know, thin line between bearable and unbearable. But here's the point, you'll see this scene in the movie where I'm bawling, but the words that are coming out of my mouth are in alignment with my core values. And I say something along the lines of, this doesn't change that I'm grateful for the pain I'm experiencing right now because I truly believe that every experience, every adversity is an opportunity to learn, to grow, and to make us stronger and better than we've ever been before. You know, so the whole, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, right? That's a, that could be a core value, a guiding principle, if you will. So the point is, even in the midst of like, you know, pain, we're like, I'm not thinking straight. We had to cut that scene up a lot because like I'm rambling a lot because I'm like, I'm in so much pain and I'm on medication and I can't, I can't think straight. But even in that, that core value, that guiding principle it's that one decision, right? That was made so long ago, the other ones are made for you. When you make these decisions to identify, articulate, review, program, live by your core values and guiding principles, life becomes easier. The hard decisions are already made for you. The important decisions, you make them in advance because you start simply living in alignment with your values and guiding principles. I'll give you a few more examples and then I'll, I'll dive in to give you some just kind of simple instructions on how to identify these in your own life, right? So another one of my major guiding principles is do the right thing, not the easy thing. Now, by the way, the core value there is really integrity. That's how I define integrity as doing the right thing, not the easy thing, right? So the value is integrity, but the guiding principle is to do the right thing, not the easy thing. Now, I would say that typically my core value or values are usually the language is incorporated into the value itself. Meaning, you know, like with faith or unwavering faith, it's I will maintain unwavering faith no matter what, da, 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 da. I will accept all things I can't change. So the, the, the value of acceptance, the word is usually embedded into the language of the core value, but this is an example of it doesn't have to be because the value is integrity, but the guiding principle is do the right thing, not the easy thing. Now, here's the power of that. Every food choice that I make, I already decided in advance. To the best of my knowledge, the right thing when it comes to what food I'm going to eat is to the best of my knowledge, any food I eat that adds value to my health and to my energy levels, right? That's how I decide what I'm going to eat. And, and here's a little bonus tip on that is I would encourage you to consider 
most of us value the taste of our food at the top. Like that's like, that's how we decide what to eat. You go to the restaurant, ooh, what sounds good? What looks good? Ooh, yeah, I'm gonna get that. I made a decision a long time ago. So this is a specific guiding principle for food is I will value the consequences of the foods I eat above the taste of the foods I eat. I'll say that again. A guiding principle for me specific to foods, I will value the consequences of the foods I eat above the taste. So that stemmed from do the right thing, not the easy thing. When the alarm goes off in the morning and I'm faced with the choice to do the right thing or the easy thing, the right thing is what I committed to do, which was get out of bed and do my miracle morning. The easy thing is, uh, I just, I feel lazy. I want to keep sleeping. Now there might be, you know, this is none of this is black and white, by the way, I want to be really clear. I believe that we can live our lives in a lot of ways in the gray, meaning if I wake up in the morning and the alarm goes off and I know that I didn't sleep well last night, right? I know that I woke up three times and I got to bed later than usual, or, you know, or I just didn't sleep well. I might make a game time decision where in this case, the right thing is actually to sleep for another hour because I can feel intuitively and physically my body needs extra rest, right? I can feel that. So the right thing, I'm making a game time decision, I'm gonna sleep an extra hour. But more often than not, the right thing for me is whatever I have identified adds value to my life and to my other values, right? It supports all of my values. So values like selflessness and contribution and love and compassion, the right thing and health, and freedom. The right thing is what's in alignment with all of my other values, what I've committed to live in alignment with. But the easy thing is usually whatever's not in alignment with my values, right? That's kind of the, that's how I define it. But same thing with food. I I don't believe in being perfect, right? Like I don't think you can't ever indulge, you know? Um, So when it comes to do the right thing is, yeah, put food in my body that's, that's going to fuel my body with the consequences of what I'm eating at the top of my priority list when deciding what to eat. But that doesn't mean that sometimes I don't have ice cream, right? You know, or we had pizza the other night, right? Like I don't eat pizza every day, but it was my son's birthday. He wanted pizza, so I had pizza, right? But I've gotten my diet pretty dang impeccable because of those two principles. Do the right thing, not the easy thing, and I will value the consequences of the foods I eat above the taste. Another guiding principle um, that for me I identified when I read the book Love is the Killer App by Tim Sanders is selflessly add value to the lives of others. Selflessly add value to the lives of others. This is a guiding principle that if somebody asks me for help, even if I don't feel like helping them or I don't have energy, that guiding principle of selflessly, that's why the word selflessly is in there because I want to be of service to others from a place of pure service, not a place of I'll only serve you if it serves me, right? I'm only, I'm looking, well, what's in it for me, right? No, I don't, I don't wanna, that to me, I just made a decision a long time ago. I don't wanna live in alignment with a value where I will help other people selfishly because of what I can get from them. I thought that's not, to me, is not really a place of service or a place of contribution. So how does this show up? It shows up all over the place, right? There's that story I've told for many years of a friend of mine that called and he was in a really dark, depressed place. And I I was tired of talking to him to be totally transparent because he was so in such a negative place. And no matter what I advice I gave him, it didn't matter, nothing worked. And then it was literally the day I identified this value, this guiding principle of selflessly adding value for others that he called me and I picked up the phone. I go, no, not talking to him. I don't, I, I can't, I can't, I don't want to be drugged down right now by his negativity. And then immediately that guiding principle selflessly add value to the lives of others. Oh, wait a minute. He's calling because he wants to talk to me. So the selfless thing to do right now would be to pick up the phone and see if I can serve him and add value in any way. I picked up the phone, 20 minute call, 30 minute call. And a few years later, he told me that he was suicidal when he made that call, which he didn't tell me that day. But a few years later, he told me that when he called, that that call saved his life. He said that he was literally thinking of committing suicide. He was like there, he was one of his last hopes. And that conversation that we had, he decided there, there was hope for his life and he wasn't going to end it. And that really solidified for me that purpose and that 
principle of, of selflessly adding value for other people. It shows up in my family, right? Like I don't want to do the dishes, but I know my wife, you know, it would add value to her life or I don't want to do something with my kids because I'm tired or I'm, it's boring or whatever, right? But that selflessly adding value for others is a guiding principle that I, you know, live my life by as much as I possibly can. And then the last one, I just wrote down, you know, a handful of these core values and guiding principles that have been really helpful for me and I wanted to share with you, not only as examples, but some of these you might go, oh, I want to adopt that into my values or into my guiding principles, right? A big one is love everyone unconditionally. Love everyone unconditionally. And I feel, my own opinion, that this is really important right now. It's important always. But when I say it's important right now, it goes back to what my relative and I were talking about, right? Which was how she was saying she sees so much negativity on social media and on the news, of course. But in terms of loving everyone unconditionally, this for me is, is the mindset, the, the perspective, I should say, that has enabled me to do that. If I had lived their life, isn't it almost a foregone conclusion that I'd be exactly the same, right? If I had their parents and their brain then I would potentially be exactly the same. And that has allowed me to even look at people that are hateful, that are mean, that are criminals, murderers. Like, it doesn't matter. For me, I've just made a conscious decision to love all people unconditionally. And, and the best personal example I could give you is, you know, the drunk driver that hit me when I was 20. I was hit by a drunk driver. And you guys know the story. You're probably tired of hearing it. But when I went and met the drunk driver in court, you know, I had brain damage, very fresh. I could barely talk. I couldn't walk, you know, I was wheeled in there and such. And, but I had already forgiven him. Like I, I forgave him the moment that I found out what happened. I'm like, oh, he hit me. Okay, well, because I had decided on this guiding principle of loving all people unconditionally before that. And so for me, there was no hate. There was no contempt. There were no negative feelings toward him at all. To me, he, he drank alcohol and then he got in his car and he drove. Why would I hate a person for doing that? In fact, in my younger years, I did that. I've done that. You ever done that? You ever drinking alcohol, known you probably shouldn't drive? Maybe your decision-making wasn't great and you did drive? Why would I hate another person for doing something that I had even done? But even if I haven't done it, to me, again, when you decide what your values are, and for me, one of them is unconditional love of all things, myself, life, and definitely people, definitely every other person on the planet, loving them unconditionally. When you decide that, every other decision is made for you. I, when I see someone on Facebook, and by the way, um, well, when I see someone on Facebook, I'll close that thought, and they say something mean, hateful, whatever, I don't mirror that. I don't hate them. I love them. The energy I have toward them is compassion and genuine. I'll even say a quick prayer like, you know, I really pray. I hope that person finds peace within themselves. I hope that person is able to transcend the fear that's causing them to react so aggressively toward people that differ from them. And that's what deciding on your core values and your principles, your guiding principles ahead of time, you already decided how you're gonna show up. My relative already decided that, hey, this person's hateful, I'm not gonna mirror that back because those aren't my values. Those aren't my guiding principles. That's not who I am. And so I believe that one of the most important decisions that you can ever make, and again, it's a kind of a set of decisions, right? What are your core values? What are your guiding principles? And by the way, you don't have to decide them all in one sitting. Like this can be an ongoing evolution. For me, it has been. It's been 20 years of adopting new values and principles. But those that I had 20 years ago that, that served me, they still serve me 20 years. Like they haven't changed, right? They haven't changed. They're still, they may have evolved. In fact, my original value was to add value to the lives of others. And then when I started to notice myself doing it selfishly, like I would only do it if it served me too, or if I was in the mood, or if I felt like it, I didn't like that. I thought, no, I want to add value for the purpose of adding value for the purpose of helping a person, whether or not it's convenient for me, whether or not I'm in the mood, whether or not I feel like it, I want my life to be about serving others because I just decided, and there was a selfish part to that. I'm like, that feels good to me. Like I feel enriched when I serve another person and I make their life better, I feel better. So even though it's selfless, it is actually selfish too, because I like it, I enjoy it. I feel good when I am a force for good in the world. So here you go. Let's get into some actions for you. Hopefully that was, I gave you enough different examples and perspectives and ideas, and I hopefully I got the wheels turning for you. 
How do you identify your personal core values and guiding principles? Number one, you schedule time for it, right? So schedule time. And you can start with just like 10 minutes. Do it right now. Schedule 10 minutes. And here's what I would do. I would start, I would write down, I would create two lists. Two lists. You could draw one piece of paper, draw a line down the middle. You could pull out your phone and make two lists. Whatever you want to do. It could be on the same sheet. Whatever floats your boat, whatever works for you. Two lists, though. One for core values and one for guiding principles. Now, it does kind of work nice if you draw a line down the middle and you do it on a piece of paper and you write down a list of core values along the left side, right? So you write down a list of core values. Again, authenticity, balance, compassion, contribution, curiosity, discipline, freedom, fun, God, growth, happiness, honesty, integrity, inner peace and harmony, leadership, learning, love, loyalty, optimism, religion, responsibility, respect, self-love, service, wealth. That's just a handful. Those are 25 that I just randomly wrote down as I was prepping for the podcast today. Again, go beyond me, like Google core values, examples of core values, how to identify core values, right? I'm going to give you my thoughts and just kind of simple action steps to go beyond this. So number one, make a list of your core values. That's the first step. And number two is to create guiding principles from each of those core values, So this is a quality over quantity exercise. Let me say that, okay? If you write down 25 core values, well, now you gotta write 25 guiding principles and that might be so overwhelming, you might not even do it. I'd encourage you to start with like, what are your top three or top five, right? And you could start out by writing 25 or 50 or 30 or 20, whatever. You could write a bunch and then look through the list and go, okay, if I had to pick three to five, if I had to, what would they be? What would they be? And again, remember, this is all rough draft. You're not writing the 10 commandments that are gonna be, you know, in stone forever. Like, this is just your rough draft. These are your core values today. Tomorrow, you might wake up and think of something different, something to add, something to edit, something to modify, something to delete, whatever, right? These are your core values and guiding principles today. And this is a rough draft. And I encourage you to write out the core values, again, in in, in a word. And then once you've got that list, narrow it down, So step one is write out your core values. Step two is narrow it down to your top three to five. And you might say for step one, it's brainstorm your core values, right? So you get that, you know, you don't have to try to think of what are the perfect ones. Just write down anything you think of that you feel is important, that you want to embody. I want to embody unconditional love. I want to embody, and you can't have a qualifying word, by the way. You don't have to write one word. Instead of faith, you could write unwavering faith. Instead of love, you could write unconditional love. Instead of discipline, you could write self-discipline, right? So, I mean, don't feel like you're in this rigid box, right? This is a very fluid exercise. There's no wrong or right way to do it. But write out your core values. Write out a list. That's number one. Number two, identify the top three to five. And again, you could just identify the top one or the top 10. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm giving you some, some direction here, but I'm not trying to hold you in a box. And then number three, write out an accompanying guiding principle as to how you will live each of your core values. So write out an accompanying guiding principle for how you will live each of your core values. Remember, for integrity, that's my core value is integrity. My guiding principle is to do the right thing, not the easy thing, right? And for me, that language works. I learned that do the right thing, not the easy thing from a mentor when I was 19 and I've just repeated that in my head thousands upon thousands of times for 20 years. So that for me really works. That language might not resonate for you. So you've got to create the guiding principles that really resonate for you. And again, remember they're rough draft. You can update these, you can edit these. So another example is the core value is unwavering faith. The guiding principle is I will maintain unwavering faith that I can overcome and or accomplish anything that I am committed to no matter what. There is no other option. So it's kind of long. And then with unconditional acceptance, right? I accept all things that are out of my control, past, present, and future, no matter what, right? So that's another example. And again, I've said that a few different ways right now. I'm going off the top of my head and that just shows, doesn't have to be exact, right? And when you've lived it so long, you can look at it from different angles, you know, because it's become part of you, right? It's become part of me. Those, Those values, they've become part of me. So the guiding principle might change according to the situation, you know, right? You might modify it based on a situation that's happening now, or if you're worried about it in the future, right? There might be a modification to the way you 
the language that you use for your guiding principle. So again, step one, identify your core values, just a long list of you know the words or the words with a qualifier, like love or unconditional love, faith or unwavering faith, acceptance or unconditional acceptance, optimism or eternal optimism, right? Responsibility or total responsibility. So a list of core values, one to two words, and then once you do that, identify the most important, step two. And then step three is create guiding principles for how you're going to live each of those core values. And I believe that if you take the time to do this, that this is arguably one of the most important decisions, the decision to create, establish your core values and guiding principles is arguably the one decision that makes all the other decisions for you. Or according to the book, The One Thing, it's the one thing you can do that such by doing it, everything else will become easier or unnecessary. Oh, I gotta go drink some water. I love you guys and gals. Thank you for listening today. I hope this was valuable for you. Miracle Morning Movie is complete. Mark your calendar. It is coming out on 12-12-2020. It is going to be the global worldwide premiere. Tickets are not on sale yet. We've got a lot of work to do behind the scenes to figure all this out. It's been a, a big project, one of the biggest of my life, but I have unwavering faith. That film is going to transform millions upon millions upon millions of lives. And it shows how many of you, the members of our community have transformed their lives one person at a time, one morning at a time. So thank you for being a member of the Miracle Morning community. Remember that the mission of the community, and of course you can opt in or out, I'm not, I'm not forcing this on you, but our mission is to elevate the consciousness of humanity one person and one morning at a time. And the way that we do that, as, as I see it, is as each of us wake, we each wake up every day and dedicate time to our personal development, to elevating our own consciousness. As we learn and grow and evolve and become more aware of the world and how the way we show up in the world and the way we live in alignment with our values and our guiding principles impacts the people around us, every life that we touch and the planet and the world and humanity as we individually elevate our own consciousness the consciousness of humanity is elevated right alongside us. So I am grateful for you. I'm truly grateful. I'm grateful to be on this mission with you. If you opted in, if you opted out, that's okay. If you're on the fence still, that's okay too. <laughs> but I love you. I truly love you. I appreciate you. And uh, I look forward to the next time we get to connect. I will see you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 